0: I am so um, excited about anything Bible, as we all are, right? And so one of the, as someone asked, what's the hardest thing about, like, just preparing a teaching, like, in general? The truth of the matter is narrowing down verses. It's so good. And then you want to share all of that goodness with, like, everyone, and you're like, we literally will be here till Jesus comes back. So don't worry, I'm not going to do that to you. But I will tell you this, I'm not like a big crier, believe it or not, you guys see me weep all the time, but this is what makes me weep, God's goodness through his people. Like, it just breaks me. So here's my homework challenge for you before we even get started. Like 1 a.m. just for kicks. Um, Just Google 50 verses on love. You want to know what I was doing about 1 <clears> to <throat> about 2.30 last night? Literally weeping over, like, God's love. Yeah. And then thinking about God's love through all of you. And then you're just, like, a wreck, you know? Seriously, 50 verses, just Google it. And all these, like, different verses, like, pop up, and there's all these different lists, and then you go, like, on this rabbit trail like you do on Facebook. You know what I'm talking about. You're doing the bathroom scroll. You do it, you know. Anyway, um, (laughs) just do it on verses on love. Like, you will just get so wrecked. So, a little bit of a confession. It's So good. Um, One of the things that we're going to talk about today to finish out this series is connecting with other believers. Like, that's what God wants for us. So I was driving in this morning after being, like, wrecked over these verses. Then I wanted to change up all my notes because I'm like, these are so good. You just can't do that, right? It's all good. So you just pray, God, what do you have for us today? So being wrecked by all these verses on love, you see God's love for you. And then you get to read all these verses on love and fellowship and what God's heart really is for us. So this morning coming in, I'm just like, God, forgive me for not loving you. Do I love God? Yes. Do I not love him enough sometimes? Yes. Yes. And you know what happens when I don't love God period. Not like I should, what people say that I should, how I think I should, but when I just am not loving God, period. There's no excuse at the end. There's no rhyme or reason that we have to put something to it. Well, it's okay. Listen, when I don't love God, dot, 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 I can't love other people well. I can't receive love well. I cannot fulfill the great commission. I cannot move in grace. I cannot operate in the gifts God has put in me. I cannot empower and equip other people to walk in their gifts when I don't love God, when I don't love God. So I just want to pray. Father, today. As we finish out this series, God, we want to love you. We repent of the times that we just don't love you. We can say we love you, but in our hearts and our actions, have we allowed idols to come before our love for you? Father, give us eyes today and a heart to filter it through our love for you and let everything else come from underneath of that. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So the first thing, a church helps me connect with other believers in kingdom community. I love coffee shops, that's the... Okay? I love companionable silence. I made a Facebook post about this a few weeks ago. Like, I wish more people understood companionable silence. My favorite people, and if you're not one of these, it doesn't mean I don't love you. I'm just saying, like, in my little zone. You know what I mean? I love to be excited and crazy, and they, like, are crazy with me and let me be all excited, and they're all excited. We can, like, talk, like, a mile a minute. And then, honestly, a little while later, no one's saying a word. We can be reading books, drinking coffee. Like, you don't have to fill the silence. You don't have to fill the silence. Community is, when you do life together, it means life together. All of creation cries out for God's glory. All of creation is proof that he's real. It's what the word says. So we think, oh, community, it's all about coffee shops. Listen, before there was coffee shops, there was like wells. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, just think about that. We're like, oh, the coffee shops were so cool. No, you really aren't. (laughs) You know what's cool? Walking a long way to go to water because you need community so much. You're like, I'm going to go get a bucket of water. Really? You know, the women were like, we need some community, right? I'll listen. Man, I'd be in so much shape if I had to, like walk, That'd be so good. Listen, community. Do you know who is the author of community? It's not Starbucks. They just repackage it. Everything is a rip off, right? Of God's heart. People, the church just wants to act like all those coffee shops. No, no, no. Listen, the coffee shops are. Actually trying to get that heart of community that comes from God the Father that is we, the church. Are you with me? Well, I'm not going to go, but there's Bibles there. Well, that place is holy. No, listen. Coffee shops are holy because you just walked into them. Right? The wells were holy because where you go, the Holy Spirit goes with you. You're taking God's community with you. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, we got to slide number 1. <laughs> so good. All right, I'm going to read a little quote for you, and I printed this out because I wouldn't remember it. This is by CS Lewis. When we talk about what community looks like, and we've talked about this when we launched city groups, community means so many different things to so many people. For some, it's like this burning desire to be part of something which is just innate in us. If you say, I don't even like community, guess what? You're part of the community that hates community. Jokes on you. <laughs> Study sociology. Like, you can't get away from community, right? You just now have your anti establishment community thing happening right there. All right, so what did, when we read in Genesis, Who are we created like? It's so good because you're all whispering different things. (laughs) God, Jesus, what's the right answer? All of it. And throw in some Holy Spirit. God said, let's make them in our image. It was community from the beginning. Here's the problem. In our broken view, we filter community through our experiences, or what we think community should look like. Today's teaching is not about the community at Siege Church. The teaching today is about what is God's heart for community, because it's his community. The moment we say, well, what's our church's community? Mm -mm. What does the kingdom community look like? And how do we as a church submit an honor to that? So here's your thing. C.S. Lewis, God the Father, this is what community looks like. God the Father, glorifying God the Son and the Holy Spirit, making much of Jesus. And it becomes this communion of life and connection and vibrancy that then spills out onto the canvas of creation. Do you know our community should spill out? On the canvas of creation. For some of you when we talk about community. This thing rises up in you. And it hits a wound. That's not God's heart. It's for us to reject community. Based on our experiences. And we're just going to talk about that in just a minute. But kingdom community is loving God. and In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Everything about you needs to love God before you worry about anything else. Several years back, um, and today I have actually some of my youth kids um, with me and some friends, and this is what community looks like. When your friends who are in leadership and that serve at the church down the street who you love, that we're like, hey, we're all one big family. We can do like multiple services. Like that's God's heart. I'll wait for it. That's God's heart. Yeah? If you love me, you will obey what I command. John 14, 15. Kingdom community helps me see and follow God's heart. (laughs) Just how in the Garden of Eden, when the serpent went up to Eve and said, did God really say? And he took enough truth to make it sound almost true. And so when we forget what God actually says and we base our actions on his heart of his truth, we don't fall into traps of the enemy. The enemy will tell you when it comes to community, was community really like X, Y, Z? And so you start to say, well, I believe. Okay, that's your first step right there to just backtrack. No, God says, not I believe. Because let's just be real right now. What you believe changes as you mature. And when you have a bad day. Do you know what I mean? What you thought yesterday, like, I believe life is so good. The next day you like, I believe life is horrible. <laughs> okay, listen, God is still God. God's truth was still when you thought it was great. And when you are like, it's just so bad. Don't go by what you believe and feel. Are feelings good? Yeah. God gave you feelings and emotions for a reason. But when you love God with everything that you are, guess what happens? You submit those to the truth of who he says you are. And that's what shapes. 1 John three sixteen through 18. This is how we know what love is. You don't know what love is. Just because of things that you see or how you feel, this is how you know. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Guess what that means? Your opinions. Your opinions. That's so harsh. No, it isn't. It is called being loving because you were first loved. Does it mean you can't have opinions? No, you can have opinions till Jesus literally comes back. It's okay. But the moment that we put our opinions before our love for God and before other people, we're allowing the enemy to trap us to keep us from having community that we see outlined in John 17. That's not to make us feel bad. That is to say that I am a warrior in the kingdom of God, and there is nothing in hell that will separate me from his love, including my opinion. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And I know for some of you that are like, Um, words of affection type people, you're like, hold up. Is there more to that verse? I need words. How good when people put actions to words. What if Jesus just said, I love you, Aaron. I love you. I just love you. But he didn't go to the cross. Like coffee, that's a good coffee moment, right? (laughs) Like just let that settle on you just for a minute. Hmm. Right? Hey, we can get in our little circles and we can talk about the goodness of God and community, but if you don't do it, you're just a social club on a really awesome topic. You became a book club. Sorry. So good. All right. Listen, I, that's why I was like weeping, right? I'm like, I'm so sorry, God. Okay. So First John 4, 18 through 19. Okay. For those of you that the word community just rises stuff up in you that you just want to push back down, put a Band-Aid, put some gauze, like wrap it around, whatever's got to happen to keep it tamped down. Hey, today we're going to rip it off. I'm like a rip-the-band-aid-off kind of person. Yeah. How are you going to get healed if nothing gets exposed? And not just, like, the top so it looks so good and you're like, oh, you look so healed. No, I am telling you, like, not having an arm and it growing back kind of healed. We're talking about digging down to, like, such a deep root that there is nothing that can make it come back because it's gone. This verse is for you. First John 4, 18 and 19. There is no fear in love. None. This is going to sound harsh. I don't mean this because this is with so much love. Okay. I don't care about the hurt and the wounds and the experiences that you've had in the sense that I don't care about them in the light that you can justify that God's love is not enough. When the Bible says to mourn and rejoice with each other, it doesn't mean you wallow with each other. It means that you walk in such compassion and sympathy with each other that you say your pain is so real. I am so sorry that you are experiencing that. That is not God's heart for you. That is not God's heart for our community. But you know what? But there's brokenness. And be... Because of that brokenness, Jesus didn't just say, I love you. He proved it when he died on the cross. So that brokenness that those people hurt you, Jesus died for them too. And when we follow Jesus' example, it is in spite of what happened to me, in in spite of the brokenness of the world, I have a God who loves me and I will not operate in fear. I will not make my relationship with God the Father suffer. I will not let the people in my life, my relationship with them, suffer. I will not allow the enemy to bind me up so tight that I cannot receive love well. That I cannot receive the Father's love well. That I cannot receive love from other people well. I want you to think about Lazarus, he was dead. And then he wasn't. He was dead. And then he wasn't. One more time. It's like the groups of three. You ready? He was dead. And then he wasn't. Okay. Spiritually, your spirit man, that's what happens when you accept Christ. Nobody can make you act dead but you after you've accepted Christ. Nobody you're like i just can't operate in the kingdom guess what there is no fear and love you are choosing to still stay in your grave clothes i know it's like so like Ugh. but isn't it good we need reminded of that nobody controls my actions but hopefully the holy spirit <laughs> But guess what happens? I have to submit my life, my mind, my heart, and my soul to God's ways and not my ways. And I can't do it if I'm not loving him. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Listen, I don't love God because I'm afraid of hell. I'm not saying hell's not a real place but it's not my motivation for loving God my motivation for loving God is that he first loved me that he loved me so much that it wasn't even of this thing of i've got to save them so they don't go to hell it is i don't want to be permanently separated from them when we share the good news that saves, it's not about the fire. It's about how sad I am that they would be eternally separated from not knowing the love of the Father. The word says that right now, all of creation, whether people wanna recognize it or not, All of creation cries out who God is. We see evidence of him. I don't want to think of a world with no evidence of God. That's what it means to be eternally separated from God the Father. That's my motivation to share the good news. To let them know that you were loved before you even knew that you needed it. We love because he first loved us. Kingdom community is receiving love well. It's funny. If we talk about loving other people well, and it's that's why we have 20 city groups launching. All we said is, can you love people well? If we love God and we love people well, The rest can be taught. The rest we walk and grow in together. This one's actually harder for people. Can you receive love well? Some people hide in their serving. Serving is good. But just like the enemy in the garden, God really say he takes something that is God's heart and there's just enough truth in it that we start making bad decisions that have consequences serving is great part of community is serving with one another and loving one another but when we just want to serve so that we don't actually have to engage And we just need to keep busy because we don't know how to sit and be still with one another. That's one of those hard things. Can you receive well? Is your identity so caught up in giving to other people that you really don't know how to ask for help yourself, even if you are the first person that would go to help anybody else? Just a few weeks ago, I probably was doing announcements or whatever, and I actually confessed that one. I know that for me personally, this is harder. My guess is I'm not the only one. If you give, but yet you don't receive well, John 17 is not evident in your life. It's only part of the goodness. There's beauty in receiving and giving. Kingdom community is loving people well. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Wow. What if we just walked this out in our community? That we're going to love God, receive love, and guess where the first place you have to receive love comes from? from God You can't receive love from each other until you really get that God loves you that he really truly loves you Bear with each other forgive one another moved with compassion for one another. Connecting with other believers is a lifestyle, not a group. Listen, you can join every city group we got. It can be your full-time job. But it's a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with a sign-up form. It has nothing to do with an attendance checkbox. Now, since we've already went down some other paths, I'll just knock this one out too, right? Sometimes we can get so attendance-driven that we think that showing up to a church, any church, on a Sunday morning, is like the all-encompassing sign that you're okay with God. Well, our church must be healthy because we have X, Y, Z on Sunday. Yeah, we're doing great. What if Jesus did that? All these people showed up for that, you know, feeding of the fishes and loaves. I think we're okay. Disciples, can you just hang out with me for this? And then I'll just see you back next week. Is that how Jesus did life? Listen, it's a lifestyle. The more that you are in community with people, the more you want to love other people. You should not choose a church for what's in it for you. It's so quiet, but it's so good. Silence doesn't bother me. <laughs> it means we're thinking. It is about being where God wants you to love on those people the moment that we start making it consumerism, we got to go back to step one. Love God, period. Receive love well. Then love others well. Every day in Acts 2, um, 46 through Oh, wow, that's weird. Typo. Every day, they continued to meet together. It was my typo. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those who were being saved. It doesn't just say on Sunday morning. A sign of health, (laughs) right, is not just Sunday mornings. How many people came to know Jesus? How many people were loved well on Sunday? Look at this place. Okay, we're just going to make this really awkward. All these people down here, I want you to, like, turn your necks around and look at those people up there. Hey, wave, yeah. Hey, this is community. Okay. Listen. There's a lot more of you than the person up here preaching. This is not like just a sit and receive. This is you are taught and then you take it out with you. Added to their number every day. I would hope in a group this size that somebody's leading somebody to Jesus at least once out of this group. Every day there's somebody coming in. Our numbers are being added to. The kingdom of God is being added to. Do you see the difference? 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, oops, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you, hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work, live in peace with each other, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strives to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually in this. My favorite verse. Give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The number one question that people of any age and at least in my experience, like the number one prayer request is something along the lines of I want to know my purpose or God's will for my life. And we think it's a thing or an action step. But if I'm loving God, receiving love well, starting from him, and loving others well, God's will is that I am thankful in every single circumstance because no matter what the circumstance is, those first three things are still true. That God loves me and that he loves me through the body of Christ, not just the work on the cross. Like, his love is eternal. And that I get to love others well. Romans 14.1, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Listen, this is an intention verse. What are your intentions when somebody doesn't have the faith that you think they should? Do you help them out of pity or out of compassion? Do you help them and invite them in so that you can set them straight? Or do you say, you know what, brother? You're having a weak moment. Listen, come on in. And you just let the Holy Spirit do his thing. Because you're loving God first, so you're lining up with the Father's heart. You're receiving God's love well, so you have nothing to prove to anybody. It takes all the pressure off. And because you are receiving love so well, you say, that love that I receive so well. From my Father, I am now going to pour out on other people. There's always a seat at my table for you. Come on in. I don't have to agree with their opinions. Do you ever say really stupid things? Sometimes we just have a stupid moment. Why am I going to argue about their opinions when they're just having a rough day? They were a faith giant yesterday, and today they feel broken and bruised. That's doing life together. Galatians 6, 1 through 2, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. This is like a whole other teaching that we don't have time to get into. This is where people wall right back up. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. It's because you're looking at it all wrong. Because we love God, because He first loved us, receiving His love well and loving other people. It is out of that community of love. How could we not help one another if we go off the path? Nowhere in here does it talk about being defensive. Listen, that's the culture of your home and your parenting that should be taking place. As a parent, you need to be able to receive from your children just as well as they do from you. If the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in your six-year-old that accepted Christ, they probably have some good things to say from the Spirit that lives in them. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens in in this way. Obey the law of Christ. Like, this is New Testament. What's up with all these laws? Um, Do you notice how it says law? not laws It's like English class law love other people you love God and you love other people as yourself that's it that is Christ's law to you if you think you are too important to help someone you are only fooling yourself you're not that important i like it <laughs> and you're like well they just keep being stupid they should know better i'm glad jesus didn't tell me that i'm glad jesus didn't tell peter that when he kept doing the same thing at least in threes <laughs> i don't know i feel like stupid comes in threes i don't know but sometimes we just make bad choices like we just have we forget it's like spiritually amnesia when we do dumb things we forget who we are. We forget that we're loved. <laughs> we forget that we're supposed to love well. So, guess what happens? That amnesia just makes us do dumb things and say dumb things. Love each other in spite of your stupid. Can I just say that? Aren't you glad when people love you in spite of your stupid? Yeah. I am so thankful for that. That's what makes me weep. They love me even when I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, the worship team can come up. Um, listen, it's like a little surprise. Who doesn't want worship again? Yeah. At least a little bit, yeah? yeah? All right. So here's our ending verse. Are you ready? Because we can't talk about the body of Christ helping one another. Because somebody, I just, I wish I could have you put up your hand, but don't. There's somebody out there, maybe in this defensive posture right now or whatever it is, going, well, how about that verse about don't judge lest you be judged? (laughs) I love when that gets broken out. Don't judge lest you be, nobody's going to help me. You go worry about your own life. Okay, I've got news. It's called personal responsibility. (laughs) And because I receive well, we're actually going to read what this verse actually says like a whole sermon on did Jesus really say that okay here we go do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you it's talking about judgment not helping there's a very big difference why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye like that verse in Galatians says don't fall into temptation of the one that you're trying to help out of sin back on the right path how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your own eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye but we forget to read the rest of the verse <laughs> because if we stop there like well, we're we we do not have to do anything you hypocrite first take the plank out of your own eye And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It doesn't mean you're not helping each other. It means be transparent about what issues you have yourself so you don't fall into sin together. Let's be careful about not allowing the enemy to get into our hearts and our minds and using scriptures with just enough truth without reading through what it actually all says of what God's heart is for us. And for those of you that have been hurt by people who have called themselves Christians, and I'm not going to say, well, were they really Christians? Listen, I've hurt people and I'm a Christian. I've had to ask forgiveness I've had to receive their forgiveness. I've had to give others forgiveness that had to ask for mine. Are you following me? So just right now, I just want to apologize on behalf of the people that have hurt you. That have hurt you. That have wounded you. And also, you guys can stand up. I want you to accept God's forgiveness for the people that you have hurt. And I want to encourage you, if you, have, if you know that you have hurt somebody at some point as you are maturing into what community looks like, it is never, ever, ever too late to send a letter, send a text, a message, whatever it is, if it's at all possible. To say, please forgive me. Don't justify it. Just say, please forgive me. So now that we're all somber, I want you to turn the quiet into dancing. I want you to think when Lazarus came out of that grave, right? Right? Listen, God wants to call forth life into your relationships, life into your community. What was dead? The parts of you that thought that you were dead, that you would never have relationships like that again and you would never put yourself in a position to be hurt again. God told me a long time ago, and I didn't think I'd make it in ministry because I didn't think my heart could take it. Because what you see, it hurts. Your compassion for people when people think you walk on one water one day and they want to drown you in it the next, right? It's hard. And if I were a tattoo person and not such a weenie about needles, right? Then if I had one tattoo in my life, it would be what God spoke to me at 3 a.m. crying out to God. He said, love me more than your heart can break love me more than your heart can break that's what I'm asking you to do to have God's heart in community that you will love him more than your heart has ever been broken that you will point people to the love of God more than their heart has ever been broken